Hi, welcome everyone. Welcome to Conversations with Titar and Tiffany, a black girl and a white girl talking about black girl and white girl stuff. And today we have lots of black girls. Oh. Ah, and woo. a couple of white girls. We're really excited about this episode because this was part of our vision to like have more women have more roundtable conversations. And last week, um, we had the second debate, the electoral debate between um, a black woman and a white man. And um, for us, it brought up different things. Um, for me, when I personally, when I was watching, I was going to say the podcast, the debate with <laughs> Kamala, <laughs> um, I literally wanted to throw a shoe at the TV. It was so frustrating. It was so infuriating. Um, and I was just sharing with the ladies earlier that um, what I kept seeing was how poised Kamala was, <laughs> how dignified she was, the mm -hmm. smile on her face I felt was, for me, was like really captivating. I was like, how is she not losing her shit right now? Like compared to the debate before, right? Like where it was just like a, I'm just going to say it was a shit show. Um, we're not political here at all, by the way. Like we don't get into politics. It's just a very raw open conversation but i think this is a really important conversation for us to have and so when tita and i the next day were texting because i did not text her during the the um it was after that thing it was up. after that yeah <laughs> um that we text i was like oh my god kamala was just amazing she I, her smile and she was like girl oh my god it was so triggering for so many black women like this is the way that we have to show up all the time and i was like oh of course, like, of course, like I know this, but I wasn't even thinking about that through that lens. So we were like, let's bring some sisters on, let's have the conversation and let's get into the dialogue. So I'll hand it over to you, Tita, to do the introductions. Yes. So before we dive in deep, let's start with some introductions. So I'll just let, we'll just, from how I see, I'll just pick you, Pam, first, give us a quick, okay. you know, synopsis of who you are. And I, and actually why you decided to come on the show to have this conversation as well. Sure. My name is Pamela Davis. Um, I'm a digital strategist by trade, but I'm also a podcaster. I have a podcast called the Well Done Life Podcast. And really the goal is about building community. I believe that women need a space where we can be safe and have conversations and share and learn and grow from each other. And I wanted to come on for that purpose from interviewing you and Tiffany. I love that we you're having honest, true conversations around race and from both perspectives, because I think that that's what's critical to helping us move forward. Great. Excellent. And then I see Diane. I know I, you know, reached out to you, Diane. Um, so I'll let her introduce herself. But the reason why I reached out to Diane to the ringer on is because <laughs> Diane, as a white woman, she does keep it raw and real. And um, she's right. objective in her approach because she doesn't really put herself in a box, but she's also not naive so or ignorant. So go ahead, Diane. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, Tisha. <laughs> I appreciate that. So I'm Diane Diaz, and I live in Orlando, Florida, and I teach at a university here um, in Orlando. And then I also am a speaking coach with Speaking Your Brand. And so I, I wanted to be involved in this conversation for many of the reasons that Pam mentioned, which is that, you know, in order to keep progressing and keep things moving forward and all of us learning, we have to have these conversations. But also because I did not, in all honesty, I did not watch the debate because I can't, because I will literally throw a shoe through the TV. So I didn't watch it because I also knew I could catch up on social media afterwards and oh, did I catch up. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I just wanted to be involved in this because I think that it's, obviously I'm a white woman, so I do deal with the misogyny, but then I know it goes next level for black women. Yeah. So I think if we don't all acknowledge that, and, and be part of a dialogue about it and don't all try to do something about it, it's not going to improve. And obviously it takes a long time for change to happen, but it has to start somewhere, right? Right, exactly, yeah. thank you. 
And then I guess, Leslie, you must be our guest appearance. You know how like when there's episodes, more episodes and the person kind of shows up more than the guest yeah. appearance. So it's going to be Leslie. She's going to yeah, be a regular. We, right. Because we've had her on the show before. So, um, so people who watch our show know who you are, but it's great that we can bring you on in different categories. We brought you on as a wealth strategist before, but I also am part of your no more ignorance conversation on Wednesday nights where I've been able to meet um, Diane actually. So we do have these conversations about um, a whole spectrum of diversity, inclusivity and racism and politics. So you can introduce yourself again, but um, I'm glad you're here. Okay. Well, I feel like you just introduced me, but I'll just <laughs> <laughs> so, Again, my name is Leslie Batson. I have a company called Rebel Rock Wealth, where I'm a wealth strategist, and I help teach people the truth about money and help them implement strategies for their life and their business. Um, but I also, as Tisa just mentioned, have been hosting a weekly conversation, but actually, no, it's a bi-weekly, but um, <clears throat> been hosting a regular conversation that I just call No More Ignorance. I couldn't think of any other word or title, but basically we've been just having discussions with a very diverse group, people across from across the country, across ages, across socioeconomic, everything, um, so that we could really you know, mirror something like this, so we can have conversations with people who maybe have had different life experiences, but we can understand them um, and they can understand us, so we can start to you know, get rid of this, the ignorance. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad to join the conversation because um, I just think it's important for, for women to discuss topics like this. Yeah. Awesome. And Leslie, you have ear... Do you guys... Is it hard here for you guys to hear or is it just me? She's echoing a little bit. Yeah. Little bit. Do you have, you have earbuds? Earpods, earbuds? Okay. Are you able to pause it? I can run and get my earbuds. No, just, just run. This is how we roll. Yeah, how, hey, this is how we roll. BRB. <laughs> We are good. <laughs> are, yeah. yeah. Be right yeah. back. That's right. Um, so great. Thank you, ladies, for introducing yourself. I, um, I'm so, we're, we're excited to have this conversation. So yeah. we'll just dive right in and Leslie will be back. And, um, but really quick, it's funny, Diane, because I didn't watch the first debate and how I was able to, because um, I remember, I think I told on Pam's show that I was able to um, understand more about how the the debate went through social media and then articles and so forth. Yeah. So with all that being said, um, like Tiffany had mentioned early on, people that she was all like, oh my gosh, you know, Kamala was poised. She was, she presented herself very well. And I mean, I know where the place she's coming from, but I'm reading the text and I'm like, but that really sucks. Do you know how painful that was for her? Cause it was so painful for, me and then a lot of us other black women were having a conversation and i know it triggered them because it was like those times when she was smiling but we know what was really going on behind her head but if she was yeah. able to if she presented herself in a way of um basically being a little aggressive back towards whatever he was saying and didn't smile then people would have took that and ran with it and we already know what the common theme is. Oh, angry black women, you know, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. right? So right. I was like, yeah, she was poised because she needed to be poised. And she knew that the man was lying about certain things and she knew that she was being disrespected. And the thing is, she still had to look at him. If you guys notice, she always would look at him oh, yeah. when she was speaking to him. Yes. Yeah. Like he wouldn't never look looked at her. her. Yeah, I kept then, saying that. Oh, yes. But then so if she didn't look at him, there would have been another story on that, right? So yeah. Anyway, that that's my two cents. I have some other stuff, but I want to hear. Um, I put some look. I put some stuff on my word document just in case we have time to get it. But if we, get, if we have to have part two. We'll have part two. Yeah. But um. But part, part ten. Yeah. Part yeah. Ten. Exactly. But yeah. So that was more my. I think it was just the um, contradictory, you know, and um, even okay, really quick. Even like the white mm -hmm. women who were saying that, well, you know, I, you know, she only made if they said she won about a couple percentage because she needed to like any other politician she needed to just mm -hmm. dive in there to dig in there and that comes from 
a different place and a different privilege and a different um right dynamic and so that those analysts those white analysts who were saying that obviously don't understand the dynamic and even though she Mm -hmm. did come like you're saying tiffany from a place of being poised she was still you know personally attacked so yeah i i watched the debate personally and um when i was looking at her yes i was triggered but I understood what she was doing. That is just unfortunately the tightrope that you have to walk as a black woman in power because she could not have, if she had raised her voice slightly, she would have been even further vilified. If she didn't give him that deference, they would have called her worse. It would have, it, she was just in a no win situation, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I think her approach was just to try to make it through the debate. I, oh, she was given that Claire Huxtable look that I actually saw a meme. I hate to reference, you know, I know everybody gets something about Cosby show, but Claire, when yeah. you remember when Vanessa was sneaking late and yeah. Claire had that death mother look, that was the look that she was giving him. We've all had it. If you have a mother, even I don't care, a white mother who's given that to their child, a black mother, <laughs> we know that look, like we're in trouble. And if she could have gone off, she would have. But she knew she just could not. It, and yeah, it just, I, I saw them when they gave that, um, that comment on CNN. I cannot remember, unfortunately, the name of the commentator who said that about Kamala. And as soon as she said that, I said to myself, I was like, that would be such a wonderful feeling to be able to debate a white man in the way that even Joe Biden debated Trump and just call him a fool and all of that. That would be awesome. But the next day, I would be worse than a monster. Yeah. I would be atrocious. I would be angry. I would be all of those things. And essentially, she could have ended their campaign right then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I, yeah. I thought it was interesting because um, I agree with everything that you said. And unfortunately, Tita, I only heard part of what you said because my AirPods were <laughs> connecting. But, um, <clears throat> but I actually did watch it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I was texting various folks while I was watching. And I was texting with a gentleman. So I thought, and texting with you, but I was also <laughs> texting with a guy. And so what I thought was really interesting was when we, when the debate ended and, and we were speaking, his first, like the first thing out of his mouth was, she didn't go at him hard enough. Mm. And this was a black mm. male, mm. a black man. And I thought, mm-hmm. like, I, I was surprised to hear him say that. Mm-hmm. And what I, and so of course my response was very similar to what we've been discussing. I was like, you are crazy. There's absolutely no way that she could have done that. I said, for people who were looking to see Kamala from, you know, the confirmation hearings and that kind of thing, if she did, first of all, my thought, my opinion is her job that night was not to debate um, Pence. Her job that night was to show all of the potential people who might vote for her because you know, Trump's base isn't going to switch and vote no. for Biden. So it's really right. the independents yeah. or the people who haven't, mm-hmm. who aren't, un, who aren't decided, which I can't understand how anyone can be undecided at this point. But if you're undecided <laughs> right. or you're just on yeah. the fence, her job that night was to make them feel comfortable yeah. that a black woman would be a, could be a vice president of this United, of the United States and could then therefore become president. We know how old Joe Biden is. So are you comfortable, America? with this person who might be sitting in the Oval Office. So yeah. that was her only job that night. She could not be Senate hearing Kamala. She could not be campaigning as for President Kamala. She yeah. had to be, let me make sure that you can see that I am an articulate woman who can control her emotions, right? Now you can contrast mm. it to Hillary's debate when Hillary had to debate uh, Trump. I mean, Hillary got vilified too, because she's a woman. Right. But for Kamala, just like was said, it had to be, Mm -hmm. she had to be extra. (laughs) Yeah. Like we all have any, any black woman who's worked in corporate America in any environment, right. Where if you've had any uh, leadership role, Mm -hmm. anything like that, you've had to internally bring it all in. (laughs) You have to be Mm -hmm. super conscious of every facial expression of every word that comes out of your mouth. So Mm -hmm. her, in my opinion, her job that night, was to show America that she was intelligent and capable and was able to defend herself without stepping over that line, you know, 
um, and not a coward, you know, so she had to show a lot of things, but it, in my opinion, her, her job that night was not to debate Pence. It was to make America comfortable with the fact that a black woman could be in the Oval Office. Well, I think she's the poise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, she nailed it on so many levels because mm -hmm. she smiled, she nodded, she laughed, but she did defend herself in a really firm way yeah. that I think was not so-called what offensive, right? Like she said, no, I will take my time. Thank you very much. When the moderator was trying to cut her short, she went back and said to him, you know, I, you know, I was, uh, you, you have no right to, to, I am the only authority here that can talk about, um, you know, the legal system, right? Like she, she was brilliant in, in my, in my opinion, but you know, people are going to see what they're going to see regardless. Like, like you said, Leslie, like people that have already made up their mind are either going to vote Trump and they're going to look to vilify her anyway. It's kind of like, there's no point in, in trying to sway those people that way. But from a white woman lens, I was totally in awe of her. I was really disappointed with the moderator. That's who I wanted to throw the, the shoe at the TV with. And I hate to say it. I said to my boyfriend, I hate saying this, but a man should have been in that seat because that moderator was not stern and firm enough. She did not um, um, uh, tell Pence enough. Like the amount of time she went, thank you, thank you. I'm like, just cut him off already. Like just, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and if it was a man in that seat, hopefully that was unbiased, he would have been firmer and sterner with Pence. She was not firmer, firm enough. Unfortunately, if it was a black man in that seat, it wouldn't have worked. It would have, unfortunately, it had to be a white man in that seat that could have been firmer in, in cutting him off when he was... Mm -hmm. When wasn't he was going to Interesting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, wasn't yeah. the moderator from USA Today? Yes. I mean, She's not exactly the cutting edge of journalism, I'm just going to say. So, you know, I mean, no, no offense to her. I don't know who she is, but they are not known for being hard hitting journalists. So perhaps that wasn't the best choice. I mean, at least Chris Wallace, you know, even though he works for Fox, he's kind of a no BS kind of guy. So at least if you could get someone that, you know, it's not, not like Fox is legit, but he is a journalist, right? So I'm just thinking maybe that wasn't, maybe that was kind of a weak choice just in general. Yeah, that's true. Or female. Yeah, I just think, sure. that's true. you know, yeah. again, I didn't watch it, yeah. but I, I can only go on the Saturday night live uh, oh. <laughs> skit that was based on it. <laughs> right. That's what I'm going on. <laughs> I didn't get to see the Saturday Night Live skit, but, but I, do think it's, I do think your comment is interesting, though, because I do think, now, first of all, she had the benefit of the committee who, you know, the committee that plans right. the debates. Right. So, you know, she had their, she, she had the luxury of having seen the disaster the week before. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I do, I personally sure. think that she did a much better job than Chris Wallace did. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah I would agree with I, that. I think like, yes, I mean. Pence wasn't going to listen anyway, right? But I, I, I feel like she at least <laughs> tried right. more than he did true, before. True. Um, and, I, and I do think it would have been a very different dynamic if it was a white male. So I, I almost think it's good that it was a white female moderator, especially compared to, to Pence, you know. Um, yes, yeah, I felt that to too to at first. At first, I was like, great, there's a, there's, they've picked a white female. I think that's very strategic. I think that's smart. Like we're going to, you know, we're, there's some liberal thinking here. And then when he kept cutting her off and that's obviously my stuff, I was getting triggered because she mm -hmm. wasn't standing up for Miller. Like to, to me, I was like, you're not, this is not fair, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so my immediate thing, which I think is really telling is like, oh, well, they should have just put a man in there. But what to Diane's point, like what if they just put a stronger woman in there, right? Like a more defensive more outspoken woman as a moderator i don't know Pam? but then i think i think that what would have happened is then the attention would have um been garnered toward the moderator because mm -hmm. unfortunately that's the thing she was favoring um, kamala and yeah. right yeah. because pence pence is only going to be able to give so much deference regardless he's mm -hmm. more of a traditionalist his wife mm -hmm. from what i understand has more of a submissive role and that's the that's what they 
feel works best in their marriage. Bless you. <laughs> However, <laughs> you know, in this situation, it's like, okay, I wasn't surprised that he didn't give her eye contact because they said because of his values, he tends to view women on a lesser scale. So I think that, yeah, I think it has more to do with the, I hate to say it, the patriarchy versus anything else. Um, The moderator, I did have problems with her when she did not give Kamala her (laughs) deference as Senator Harris, when you slipped and you Mm -hmm. called her Kamala, because you wouldn't have slipped and called Mm -hmm. Mike Pence. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I caught that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But she I did, did apologize for it. She did. Yeah, she did. she did. She did. She did. She knew to do that. She did. Right. Because I thought some of her questions were really good. I mean, mm-hmm. um, polit- polit- politics aside, I am glad that she did <laughs> ask certain questions to um, both yeah. of them because I think that they needed to be asked. But I do feel like, eh, I don't know if a man would have made much difference mm-hmm. because you're just, unfortunately, it's a no-win situation again. <laughs> I think the only thing that can be done unfortunately, is to mute the mics. And there's yes. nothing, I don't think the moderator yes. can do anything about that, right? Okay. It, it, I, I mean, unless she literally just walks up and smacks him and says, would you shut up, please? <laughs> and I mean, what, with what that in certain instances. And that is why I wouldn't be the moderator. That is why they would have me be moderator, because I would have been <laughs> like, be like, can you shut the up right now? I know. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's yeah. the same with Chris Wallace. You know, I mean, like that debate oh, was yeah. on 10. Oh. And literally, the only thing that could have been done was to mute the mics. Yes. I think yeah. that, and, here, and I don't really know much about Pence, to be honest, so this could be way off base. But I actually, I do think he's so much more conservative and I actually do think he would have been more respectful of the rules. But I think he felt, just like a lot of people who are under Trump's spell, felt like he had to be, um, mm-hmm. he had to be that way. He had to be like, um, you know, he had to show that he had the, I don't know, the, the, the gumption, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what's the right term. Because mm-hmm. that's what Trump's base expects to yes. be. Yeah. I don't even think that that's really who he is. I, I think that... If it was just him running for president or something, I, I don't even think he would have really, by yeah. nature, have acted that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Could yeah. be I think that's why he looked uncomfortable. Even though he was trying to debate, you can see he right. was uncomfortable. And that's why the fly landed on his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that was and me. nuts. I was oh, like, I love I that see on social media afterwards to everyone else because I thought it was just me. I'm like, gosh, that fly, that fly is driving me nuts. And then I yeah, thought yeah. the thing take off. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Well, the fly has its own social media accounts. There's so many social media <laughs> right. accounts now that are the fly. So, yes. And that yes. was the best part of the debate. <laughs> the fly won the debate. Yeah. The fly won. The fly won yes. the oh, my yeah. goodness. So there was like, of course, you know, after the fact, there's always um, commentary and so forth. And um, of course, we knew that unfortunately, you know, Trump was going to have something to say. And we know it's not going to be something positive, right? Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I guess I always wanted to be like, okay, but you're the president of the United States. So you would lead by example, but I guess that thinking needs to just be squashed. Been four um, years. You should not have that expectation. Yeah, I, I know. Say, but let it go, Tita. Let, let it go. go. <laughs> I know, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he. I don't know. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Maybe he fell no. and knocked his head, and then it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, no. um, but the thing that after the fact, uh, one thing that I thought, you know, he called her a monster, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, the first thing is all the news outlets like, "What's your comment back?" You know, Senator, what, what, and she's like, childish, I have nothing to say. Yeah. Exactly. What I'll yeah. say that I respect and I think is great, though, Biden, right? He had stuff to say. Mm, right. He should. Actor, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I thought that that's what was um, relevant in that whole conversation afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they're keeping that balance. You remember how Obama was, you know, mm-hmm. when they go low, we go high. Mm-hmm. Joe is, you go low, I'm taking it right to the floor with you. <laughs> and it's like, he is her, you know, anger. The Luther, I don't know if you guys ever remember, Key and Peele. Yes. Luther. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anger translator. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For Kamala, that's Joe. And yeah. Well, again, 
Yeah, she, yeah. There's, she cannot do that. She, she cannot yeah. do that. I think that's smart for them to have that. And also, I think if we can't depend on people who are on our team, white, black, male, female, to come and support us, then what are we even doing? So, I mean, I think think him doing that, not only could, you're right, she could not do that. He had to do that. I mean, he should and he needed to and he did and good. But I think that that's good. leadership too, because you're modeling that for other people to see. Exactly. You know, that, and so, you know, I don't know if you want me to bring this up now, but the whole LinkedIn thing that happened. (laughs) So my colleague, Carol, Carol, who I work for, who I'm speaking your brand, made a post on LinkedIn sharing the, the meme of Kamala and Pence and Kamala saying, I'm speaking. And then she was just relating it to, and I actually have it open here. She said, whether you've been interrupted in silence by others or have silenced yourself, we know how important it is to hear from women so on and so forth. And then tied it to this event that we have coming up. And this led to the biggest, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. Nobody doesn't mind you. The biggest shit storm. Yeah. <laughs> on this we've never gotten this many comments on a post but and it wasn't like yeah you know I'll, I'll, I totally agree with you it was there was a couple of those but most of the comments were from white men saying that uh, several things number one don't post politics on LinkedIn which it was not it, we weren't posting politics and who are you Right. Well, what are you, the LinkedIn police now? And and these are people who are like second and third connections. They're not connected to us because the LinkedIn algorithm picked it up because of the hashtag, right? And it's it's a trending topic. So it turns out, if I don't know if you know this, but there were two two other women who had made similar posts because who isn't talking about this? They Mm -hmm. had made similar posts because obviously women in general have all experienced being talked over, being shut down, being backlashed. If you do speak up, we've all, but then it's a bazillion times worse for black women. So collectively as women, we are all like, Oh my God. Yeah. We're like, we totally get it. Right. So there's two other women on LinkedIn who are having a similar shit show go on with their posts. In fact, a couple of, one of them had her post deleted by LinkedIn and she was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. She, Yes. And she was reporting all the people commenting on it. And I'm telling you the misogyny of Mm -hmm. the things these these men were posting and, and they were not even, I I even commented back and said, listen, Mm -hmm. if you want to have a debate about this, okay. Like, you know, that's fine, but you're not just going to come on here. Like one guy said her ugly, her disrespectful, ugly facial expression. Do we have to go and make it personal? We're going to, you have nothing valuable to say. So now we're going to attack her looks because that's where this that, always Number goes. one, did you even read the post? Because the post right. exactly. was talking about, you Ex- know, it had nothing to yes. do with that, right? Exactly. And that's what Carol pointed out. She's like, I'm confused by your question because did you even read the post? Oh, I read it. I don't think you did. And also right. you did read it, but you are a misogynist. And possibly Me also know. racist. And so you have to comment on that. Meanwhile, that isn't even what we're talking about. And so this went mm-hmm. on and I made some comments back to them. And one of the guys just, he's, one guy keeps coming back every day. To, I'm like, you're not baiting me anymore with this yeah. bullshit. You're not doing it. It's so unfortunate. It's unbelievable. And, yeah. you know, the thing is though, and Carol commented, this and I supported her when she commented is that they are by doing this, they're actually proving our point. I mean, they are proving the point. And I told the one guy, I said, you literally have come into our post centered yourself in the discussion Mm -hmm. and made it all about you. (laughs) thus talking over us. You literally proved our point. point. So thank you. So now we're not even commenting. You just keep coming in there. Keep coming in there. Keep posting your bullshit because you're just proving the point that we're trying to make. It's happening Mm -hmm. 
literally before our eyes. And it, I think things like this are good. They're not good, but they're good for people to see this is what we as women in general put up with. And this is importantly what black women put up with on a, you know, to the 50th yeah. hour. Yeah. To that point, like I have a question for Tita, Pam and Leslie, like when a white woman is using an example generally of a black woman being spoken mm-hmm. over, right? Like this is about speaking, sharing your voice. There's, there's a generalization that seems to happen there, right? From white women. So how does that feel for you when you see that being taken on as, as kind of a blanket for white women when really there's different nuances and different levels when it's a black, you know, it's what we're talking about, like the triggers of what happens when a black woman is overturned, overlooked, spoken, like what, what, how does that make you feel? What comes up? Great question. That's a very good question. yeah, I know yeah, I mean, how I. The funny it, thing is, I'll let. Yeah, I was gonna say this, for for me, I'm not. I don't think I'm as sensitive to it. Like, and again, maybe because yeah. I actually read Carol's post. Like, her her post was about women in general. Yeah. So the fact that she was a black woman in the picture <laughs> did not like. I didn't take any offense to it at all. I didn't even think about it. And actually, mm-hmm. you know, it, but again, because I understood the context. But I do know that there are some women who were like, "Ooh, don't use a black woman." image when you're talking about xyz because that could be mm-hmm. offensive but to me I, you know this is this is why we need to have these conversations mm-hmm. right yeah yes. we are all women this is a shared experience yes it is heightened mm-hmm. for, for for black women we have to be extra sensitive um mm-hmm. and careful but for me in this situation i think every woman watching that debate whether she was black or just like you saw it tiffany as a white woman you saw the the mansplaining and the like the way that she had to be so cognizant of herself so Mm -hmm. i feel like in that level all women identified with what was happening and therefore like for carol to have used that picture in that post Mm -hmm. completely made sense to me i do think that there are some instances where sometimes you know a a picture of you know a black woman or a a specific woman is used and it might not be appropriate but i definitely feel like it was appropriate in this scenario in this scenario yeah, because I mean, it was a trending topic. So of course, you're going to pick that image. And I wasn't thinking of it, anything of it. I wasn't, I wouldn't be offended. I think what for me is triggering, if I were to think of that post is, it's very nuanced. Because yes, you experience it as a black woman from black men. But you also experience that same type of scenario from black from white women. So there are two mm-hmm. spectrums of it. It's not necessarily just white men who need to check their um their their patriarchy some white some white women need to check themselves as well mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. understand that you should not woman-splain because woman-splain and mansplaining is is really real um for me with kamala i just felt like it was a master class that she was giving on code switching Mm. Oh, I did. I, I did. Yeah. I felt wow. like she gave you a mass a masterclass wow. on code switching and what it's like to have to deal with it because she was dealing it from, with from both sides. Even though the yes. moderator, I don't think she was intentionally trying to explain her, but she was controlling her as well. So Kamala was totally boxed in. So she could have got pissed, and she was getting a little ang- angry. I think with the moderator, she could have checked her a few times. I think she wanted to. But she sucked it up she held and back. kept it going, <laughs> held back and kept it going because she's dealing with it from both ends. So I did feel a little bit for her that she was in an attack position. But I said, that's the job. That's what code switching is. And I think every woman should understand that because like it or not, Black women, yes, we code switch the most in corporate America. But some white, white women, you have to, you've got to juggle that line of playing the game as well to get ahead too. Yeah. yeah. God, and, if anybody was qualified to be VP, it's her, right? Right. President. President. Yeah, I agree. For, for me, it's not that, like that post, like we're saying, speaking. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think, I think it's a, a women thing at, in general, like men just t- tend to uh, mm-hmm. over talk. Well, the, the, the men who obviously feel insecure, right? Because I know great men, white or yeah. black, who yeah. actually are confident, secure, and if there's something that, as a woman who happens to know more, 
or who happens mm -hmm. to be more um, expert on that subject matter, they're fine for allowing them to, you know, lead and take the floor. I think for me, it's when, for lack of a better word, I'll just use like what the common trend that folks are using is woke, right? So like when you're being woke, I think when there is something that trends that, that takes forth, forge forward, that shows um, women in a, in more of a positive light from some sort of challenge or struggle, I have more of a challenge and problem when, when the white women jump on that then mm. to leverage it to their advantage when the mm. ch challenge or struggle really started more with women of color, specifically black women. So standing on, on the shoulders of when black women or women of color have paved the way to um, create some new change or movement, that's where I have a challenge then when the mm. white women wanna step in and say that, oh, I've been oppressed um, for years from my white man. Now, I get, I understand the dynamic and I understand the sexism, but I'll have to say again, Saturday Night Live, I, I know a lot of people, white women can't, could not stand Bill, um, Bill Burr, Burr, is that how you say his last name? Mm -hmm. But I'm yeah. sorry, when he did his monologue, <laughs> yeah. and he broke it down to like, because he was making a point like, okay, white women, now you attacking, you attacking me now, you attacking us now, when you were fine, when we were doing what we need to do, and you were just living that life from that privileged life, or living that life, doing what you need to do, mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden, you're crying like, we've just been treating you so negatively, we've been just treating you so bad, we've just been walking all over you. So that's where I mainly have more of a challenge is when mm. it's the step on the shoulders of brown women who paved the way and then the white women decide to take that and leverage it to, whoa, whoa, me, this has been happening to me. Oh, that, see, whoo, that's when I get like, oh, wait, no, look, wait, what has been happening to you? Okay, wait a minute, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that's when Tiffany, you ask if, you know, do we have problems when um, white women take up on movement or um, challenges and leverage it to their needs? Right. Um, that's when, for me, it's when it's just on the shoulders of women of color. And black women. Yeah. But to me, you just have to do the work. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. If you're going to be on it to your point, Tita, if you're going to do that as a white woman, you have to be all in. You got to be right. in. Like, right. you can't just be, oh, it's sexy today. Right. right next week, on to the next thing. No, you're in it. And I expect to see you do the work, do the research, get involved, use your voice for the right things. Kind of like what we're doing right here. We're having a conversation and really trying to give truth to power. That's what it is, mm -hmm. you know? That's really I think, really I, think I think you hit it right the nail on the head, but I think that's also the problem, right? I, I think that there are still a lot of white women who don't even recognize the problem. They don't recognize that they've been given the advantage of you know women of color having to endure all this stuff yeah. over all these years. It's I mean it's it's a theme through any any of these conversations, right? I think mm -hmm. we have not this 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 country has failed. Well, let me say it this way. The school system has been very successful in the propaganda that they've fed from kindergarten on up. Yeah. And it's leaving out factual, truthful history of what's happened. So when you're when you arrive at 2020, you you don't you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And we as black people, people of color, expect them to know. We should not have that expectation. I think 2020 has enlightened a lot of white women. A lot of white women have become woke. Yeah. But like, there's still so many who aren't even aware that they're not, well, like they, they just don't know. So I feel like we as people, people of color have to, I don't want to say we have to be more patient, but like, we just have to understand that there are some who, who might get there, but they're not there yet. They're, they're just not there yet. They don't even realize. As and long as that's the problem. Yeah. I'm not making you know what? I'm just saying it's just as long problem. as they don't be in denial. See, I can't get with the whole, like, if I'm telling you something though, don't, don't debate me on it then. 
Because if you don't know, then then take, then listen. And then, yeah, go do your research. But don't have a dialogue then. That's where I'm like. Well, when they debate you on your lived experience and as if it can't possibly be true. Meanwhile, like, what the hell do you know? You didn't, this was my experience. You know, I saw someone post, I think it was on Instagram. I don't even know who it was that posted it, but she was basically, it was a black woman. And she was basically saying, okay, everybody who's screaming about, yeah, Oh, I'm speaking, you know, white women, I'm speaking, I'm speaking. So now you're going to, whenever you see a black woman being talked over, you're going to speak up right now that let's, you're going to do that. Right. Right. Mm. And that's a good point. Like, yeah. yeah, okay. We're all talked over black, white women. We're all talked over, but we have as white women, I think we need to take a risk yeah. if you want to call it that. Mm. And when, it's not that we have to come in and save people, but, but I do think we need to speak up for people when we see it happening. Right. So if I'm in yeah. a meeting and, and a black woman is trying to make a point and I witness with my own eyes, something that I've been complaining is happening to me and it's happening to her. If nobody, if it doesn't, if she isn't able to correct it, I need to say, hold on a second. Can we let her say her point Ooh, or, yes. or yes. support yes. that point? And if, because this has happened before to me too. And I know, again, I know it happens probably way more to black women. I've made a point and it's like, hmm. Then a white man goes and makes it. I'm like, the white yes. women need to speak <laughs> up and say, no, no, no. I think, um, Joanne just had a really great point and you overlooked it. Right. So we need to be willing to step out there and call it out. We need to, which is, yeah. which is mm-hmm. why in that LinkedIn thing, you know, I went through this thought process of like, oh, you know, it's LinkedIn and people see it. And what if someday I'm looking for a job and blah, blah. And then I thought, you know what? Screw that shit. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. through yeah. that, yeah. listen, yeah. if you're going to look at me standing up for mm-hmm. myself, another woman, mm-hmm. a black woman, purple woman or whatever, <laughs> anybody, or anybody, right. if you're going to look at that and then you think something badly of me, I don't want to work for you. Yeah. Right. I don't yeah. want to work with you, for you, near you. <laughs> Probably don't even want to talk to you, <laughs> but we need to be willing to do it. I mean, if you want to call LinkedIn a risk, whatever, but it, I think we need to be willing to put ourselves out there because we do have an educational system that has taught all of us the wrong history, right? And we've, like you said, mm-hmm. Leslie, we've arrived at this point with, with knowledge that is inaccurate. And that has formed all of, it has formed and colored. It's the lens through which we look at everything now, which is incorrect, right? Yeah. So the rest of us who, and I'm not claiming to be like super woke white chick or anything, but <laughs> as I learn stuff, I need to, I need to be willing to step out and, and, Say, you know, say something, point something out to someone else, be willing to stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, what are we even doing? Yeah. You know? And I think that's so important, Diane. I I think like just the whole standing up for each other, period. Yes. If a black woman witnessed it happening, you know, if a black woman witnessed a a white man talking over a white woman, she should speak up as well. I mean, anybody should speak up. Like that's the whole point. The the first question is, why don't we speak up or why don't people speak up? Whether because it doesn't matter what the level of injustice is or what the environment is, why don't we speak up for each other? Because we don't want to put ourselves out there. That's the, that, that's the truth. We don't want to put ourselves out there. Not everybody. I mean, 2020 is that year. Like I've said, yes. it's, it's a year of revelation. It's mm-hmm. pulled back the curtain on everything. Oh, yes. and, it's, and we all are now looking at this world and we're like, okay, this isn't as great as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And for, for black women, we've been indoctrinated. It is a training yeah. that you go through to learn how to code switch mm-hmm. and to be able to navigate and suppress yourselves. And we're tired. So that's why I think it's harder for some of us now to navigate through corporate America. As I get older, it is a struggle to stay in corporate America because I'm more in control of myself. Mm-hmm. And they always say after 45, you're fresh out of fucks. So your <laughs> like, I'm 54 and me. I, there's not even any growing in my garden out there. I have no fucks left like, to give. I'm 47 and they just keep running out quick, quick, quick. So, and my mom warned me, she was like, the older you get, the less you're going to have. And that yep. mouth is going to get aggressive. So you just right can't understand that. 
And then you have white women who I understand you're comfortable. You've gotten ahead. You've made your moves. You're taking care of your stuff. You're comfortable. You don't, why would I, it's kind of like, why should you speak up? Because you don't want to rock your own ship. And that's where we're at, where it's like, we have to have conversations. Everybody has to be open to taking accountability for saying, yeah, I need to do better. I want to do better because I want to see my sister win, whether she's white or black. And that's where I'm at. Like, I want to see all of us win, whether you're white or black. As long as you don't want my destruction or the destruction of my family and friends, I totally support you. But if you want, and, but I just want you to be vocal because unfortunately as black women, you're on our shoulders, Yes. but we can't, we're not going to be the ones to get it to the finish line. We're 400 years in. If we were going to be able to do it, (laughs) we would have done it by now. Believe me. So we need our sisters of other colors to help us push it off because you guys are going to be the ones to be able to say stuff. I can't say, you know, exactly. I think the other bill of goods that we've been sold just in general is that, and this is probably just American capitalism is that you have to win. There's a winner and there's a loser. Right. And so, and because that's Donald Trump's mentality, right. Is you, somebody wins and somebody loses. So if I win, you lost and that's good. I, cause I won. Now, if you win, oh, that must mean I don't win. I, oh, I can't have that, right? And I think that's a mentality that I think prevents a lot of white women, or white people in general, but particularly white, white women benefit more by staying connected to the white patriarchy than they would if they connected with women of color. That's and what that's Bill was what trying to say. They that's are the choosing the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. if you look at it, the way I look at it is on a collective in that when one of us, hum, let's just break it down to humans. When one human wins, we all win. It, it doesn't, yeah. if we all are doing well, then we're all doing well, right? Yeah. yeah. But when, totally when we're hurting one other person, which is why, you know, like I'm, I'm okay paying more taxes if it means we're supporting programs that help other people, regardless of whatever the situation is that they're in. But you, you can't think that way if you've got the zero sum mentality of right. one person wins, one person loses. Then, right. then it's like, oh, if I'm not winning, they're taking it away from me. We're not taking it away from you. We can all, right. there's plenty to go around. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that's what I was starting to say when I was talking about at the boardroom that, you know, we should, like white women should stand up, speak up for black women and vice versa yeah. because somehow it's become an us versus them. Mm. And I don't know where, like, well, it's you know where it's been it like from, that. But, yeah. I, but, it, but, but it doesn't need to be, right? No, it's I like, know. I, I feel like, just like you're been. saying, like, I think we all recognize collectively, like, women, I mean, if, if we could rule this world, it would, oh my gosh, I wouldn't even begin. But the system has continued to perpetuate this us versus yes. them. It's perpetuated yes. this division. Because if we women came together, Absolutely. What would happen? Yeah. Right? 100%. So yeah. when it comes right. to, say, like that LinkedIn post, the fact that, I can't even say that man, those men <laughs> felt so mm-hmm. comfortable on yes. LinkedIn. A platform mm, entitled. Looking mm. for a business mm-hmm. or looking for a job or anyone can see it. They, like it was Facebook or something, they were on mm-hmm. there making these comments. They, they didn't even hesitate. Mm-hmm. And I only looked right. at it, I only saw it like a few hours after the posting. I haven't even gone back and looked at it since then don't bother but the fact that i know but the fact that that was such a lightning storm right, right? Mm-hmm. it's like we need to open our eyes folks open our eyes if all yeah. women could come to and not that it has to be a women versus man thing either but you know humanity humanity and it's all become political but it's not it's just humanity yeah so yeah, yeah it, it's got to yeah. be there's we've got to be able to be so we have to be much more aware of the system that is perpetuating the divisions if we could right. just right. get past that there's so much more right. we could achieve because just like you said diane there's plenty out for all of us it, it doesn't oh have God, to yeah. be that yeah. You're taking from mine. It's not like that. No. Yeah. yeah. So I know we have to wrap. We we gotta have a part two. So I know we're gonna <laughs> yeah, have part two. Up, but yeah, I want to ask really quick before we um, shut down. First of all, I believe one thing quick, really quick, Leslie. The systems. I really believe that 
because we only have one archaic system. I think there's multiple systems. We're all multidimensional. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part yes. of our society's problem is we're trying to all fit and form into the system that doesn't work instead of looking at all these different possibilities and all these different systems mm -hmm. that we all can pull for from because we are creative beings regardless. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what skin you're in, our spirit and our souls are creative beings. So we need to pull from multiple systems. Yeah. But unfortunately, top dogs, those one percenters realize that and know that. And so what do they do? They keep creating this hoarding system for brainwashing folks. And as we can see, besides us women, we are more of those women who are more aware and understand what the matrix is all about. But we have to get more of those people out of that matrix because they're in that matrix yeah. and that's why they're being brainwashed. But before we go, because I think something we did pick up, we hit on is when we're talking about politics, as we know, I, I remember back in school, and I don't even know if they still do this. I think they're civics class and you used to watch, mm -hmm. you know, politics and different things like that. Even the Reagan era and even the Clinton era, where, you know, if we're watching the debate, we actually heard things that the nation, the American people need to hear what could benefit them or what the um, nation, the direction they wanted to go when it came to foreign policies or when it came to programs and different things. So my question, and I know we have to wrap up soon, from each of you, I want to hear your perspective because I'm just curious to hear each different perspective. Why do you think politics has changed to personal attacks and not politics anymore? You know, it's not politics. It's not about the people. It's not about where we're going to take the nation. So I'm just mm -hmm. curious on your thoughts of why you think um, politics has died, essentially, because as we see the debates, they're not, it's not about politics at all to me. It's just it's just children it's yeah childish. it's in a boxing match yeah a boxing match. so i'm just curious yeah. to hear because i think it's always good to hear different angles and perspectives why leslie i can tell you have something on your face already ready to say so go ahead you can stop yeah. <laughs> hit us uh, with it leslie I, i'm just trying to find the most, <laughs> the most succinct way to say I know. it and i think i texted this to you the other day tita but in my opinion this goes back to the 80s or whenever the Fox News channel started, right? Mm -hmm. So if you remember, yes. there used to be basically just ABC, NBC, and CBS broadcast mm -hmm. regular TV channels. And then Fox News started. And I'm not, I, this is not whether, it doesn't matter what side you lean on. This is just a fact, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. They created this channel. And like any good marketing professional would tell you, pick a niche, pick a niche, and focus it on them. Mm -hmm. Create content that is directed to them. You want to appeal to their sense, their values. You want to appeal to their, uh, you know, their emotions. Mm -hmm. Blah blah blah. And in my opinion, that's what Fox News Channel did. They created a channel where they created content, created content. They didn't necessarily report on the facts. They just created content and commentary that spoke to a certain demographic in America. And they've been doing this for a few decades now. And of course, other channels came about. I could say MSNBC is, you know, I think much more journalism, but it's still, you know, left leaning yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right. We've got social media, which just accelerated mm. that. So you, uh -huh. we, we've come to a place where in the last 30, 40 years, where you have all this stri um, strategic, that's not the right word, but very focused content to very focused mm -hmm. groups and people finding, you know, their buddies in that group and, you know, finding their communities, their tribes. Mm -hmm. And that has accelerated the discussion. And for Fox News, they picked politics, right? I mean, it could have been anything. It could have been, it could have been anything, but they picked politics and they picked, you know, right wing, right? Well, right wing topics. And then they decided to mm -hmm. let Donald Trump take over the Republican Party and then let him start to determine the programming of that channel. But either way, it was to appeal to values and principles of a very specific group of Americans. <clears throat> and that has taken place and it's very profitable. I mean, that's probably got to be one of the most profitable uh, TV channels in the world. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, for sure in the US, I'm sure it's the, probably the most profitable channel. 
And so it's a, it's a business model that can't fail so that they've continued with it. So in my opinion, that's what has happened. It has become churning out content as opposed to, which has, so in turn has influenced the politicians, yada, 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 because they all want airtime, you know what I mean? That whole thing. So in my opinion, that's where it all came from mm. was Fox News Channel, <laughs> honestly. What about you, Pam? Um, I tend to agree with you um, about Fox News, but I, as a marketer, I tend to actually equate it more to a dollars and cents model mm. because to your point, um, they're sending out salacious content because people are triggered by that content. If you think about it, when is the last time many people, including some of us probably on this phone, um, have picked up a book and, or a newspaper and read content versus actually being served content through social media or yeah. websites. And that's not a judgment because we are in such a fast paced society. It's just that the more salacious, the more in um, the content that drives up the um, impressions that these websites were generating, mm -hmm. which in turn drives up the ad dollars that are generated. I mean, these elections have turned into, I mean, they are profit mainstays yeah. for Cash many out. news organizations. Our years and many news organizations, many media companies, they are making their year right here in the political season. That's why you see everybody consistently advertising, fighting for space. And unfortunately, the issues get lost in the, in the shuffle because it's more about capitalism versus mm -hmm. the, the citizen. Because mm -hmm. remember, the mm -hmm. only thing we care about in our society is capitalism mm -hmm. and consumerism. Mm -hmm. They go hand in hand. So I feel like, unfortunately, the middle class, the working class, we just have to try to get in where we fit in. And this is the model that we're at right now. Okay. Yeah. Diane, do you have a quick, and I know you have yeah. other things. Do you have a quick? I do. I think I agree with all of those things. And, and also I would add that I, I think part of it also has to do with a lack of critical thinking mm. yeah. that we suffer with in this country. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, the educational system is not that great. And then you have, um, you know, the, uh, People have been, yeah, people have become accustomed to very quick information coming at them. And it's, you know, it's like a chicken or an egg thing. I don't know which one caused which, but because it's so immediate, then you're conditioned to never have to spend any time critical thinking. You just wait for someone to feed it to you, right? Mm -hmm. And then you just accept it. I mean, on a daily basis, I'm correcting people on things that I'm like, no, because here, research this. No, 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 research this. Because I can't stand people just, you take an article and you just accept it and go, oh my God, there's a three-headed monster living on the moon. And like, no, do some research. That's not true. Yes. So I think that lack of critical thinking makes all of the things that Leslie and Pam mentioned, you know, exponential problems because people just are not taking the time you know they just accept something that's spit out to them and then they believe it as the gospel and then they go forward yeah. and make decisions that impact all the rest of us and mm -hmm. yeah and i yeah. always say trust like you know look at the source right look at the yes. source of information yes. right? it's like on debate night there's some yes. people who tuned into fox news to watch the pre-show yeah. and the after show yeah some yeah. turned into cnn and then like me i turned mm -hmm. into c-span right <laughs> it's like right i don't want to hear like I, I might go look at it after but like i don't want the commentary i want to see it i want to absorb it for myself yes and yeah. get the, the full information for myself and then if I want to hear your opinions, I'll get it. But for many people, Absolutely. just like you said, that's how they digest things and sound bites from their favorite station or their favorite mm -hmm. yes. resource or whatever. And so again, it's like the echo chamber. You just keep hearing yes. what you want mm -hmm. to hear. Right. And you know, so. So, wow. We'll have to do a continuation. <laughs> We're going to stop say. on this note. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think there's going to be plenty of more conversations because yeah. we can yeah. talk yes. about this even great. The, yeah i'm sure yeah. more things will happen too we can just yeah oh my God, yeah. i know yeah yeah not over yet yeah <laughs> so tiffany do you have any last quick words before i share how they can find us just thank you all ladies for coming on we will definitely do this again these conversations okay. are just so vital to the change and the understanding and the different viewpoints and all the perspectives and 
just creating more awareness. And to your point, Leslie, I think, you know, imagine what women could do if we really did all come together and support one another and understand each other and respect one another and have these conversations. So um, women will change the world. It's, it's our time. So um, yeah, thank you. We'll do a part two, a part three. We want to have more women on. So just thank you for your time. It's precious. And we really appreciate you. So Tita, how can they find us? Yeah. So first hashtag, if you win, I win. So you can find us on black girl, white girl conversations.com. And that is our website. You can get to our YouTube channel from there. You can get to our iTunes or our Spotify. So you can watch or you can listen, whatever works best for you. And or if you want different type of content, then you can go to our IG, which is a black girl and a white girl. And I want to say thank you so much, ladies. This was such a fruitful That's conversation. Yes. I look forward to us yeah. being back on and having the conversation. Um, it actually also has inspired me to be more meaningful and conscious of how I'm also interacting with my sisters, regardless of what color they are, um, you know, what religion and so forth. Because again, if she wins, I win, you know. Oh, that's a better hashtag. I love that. I like that too. I like that. If she wins, I I love that. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies.